Hello, Vancouver Canucks fans. This is the Nux Misconduct Podcast, brought to you by SB Nation. Welcome back, Canucks fans. This is your Nux Misconduct Podcast for the week of December 10th, 2018. And, uh, well... I guess you could say, you could uh, call it a bit of a reboot for the podcast. Uh, my name is Trevor Connors. I'll be your weekly host on the show moving forward. You can follow me on Twitter at tconnors83. You can follow Nux Misconduct on Twitter at Nux Misconduct. And of course, you can follow all of our writers and our great content at nuxmisconduct.com. Uh, today, I'll recap the weekend that just was, look forward to the week ahead, and get into everything going on with the Canucks including Sunday evening's ridiculous performance by Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. So, what better place to start than that game? Um, I don't want to get into a true recap because, you know, I'll assume we've all seen the game and know the result, but it would be an absolute crime if we didn't break down the dominating performance of Besser and Pettersson against the Blues. Um, Besser had a hat-trick while Pettersson put up another five-point spot for the second time this season. I mean, it's his, I believe it's his second five-point game in just his first 25 NHL games. So to put that in perspective, uh, Daniel and Henrik Sedin each had just one five-point game apiece in their careers. So that's, what, 2,600-plus NHL games. So, I mean, at this point, it's not even really a controversial statement to say that Pedersen is the team's best player. Uh, Bo Horvat is perhaps the team's most consistent player, especially when you consider both ends of the ice offensively and defensively. But in terms of just game-breaking ability, uh, his skill, no one even really comes close to Besser, or Pedersen rather. And speaking of Besser, I mean, put an elite shooter like Besser on Pedersen's wing, and I mean, there's no there's no limit to what that line can do offensively. Uh, it's also, I mean, it ha- it's not just the Pedersen and Besser show uh, with the Canucks these days. It's been encouraging to see Jake Vertanen playing so well on Horvat's wing. Uh, in Thursday night's 5-3 win over the Nashville Predators, Vertanen looked dangerous all night. He even helped kickstart Antoine Roussel's offense, so, so that's definitely encouraging. Um, the emergence of guys like Vertanen, Pedersen, Besser, and Horvat is... It's obviously really, really encouraging for a team that continues to get younger uh, each season. Uh, I'll be honest, I mean, when Henrik and Daniel announced their retirement just before the end of last season, I figured the team's offense would take a massive hit. But I believe the NHL released a stat after Sunday's game that essentially said 60% of the team's goals this season have been scored by a player 23 years old or younger. So that means guys like Pedersen, Besser, Horvat. Tannen, as well as other younger guys like Nikolai Goldobin, Tyler Mott, and Adam Gaudet's got a goal as well. So, again, this is really, really encouraging stuff, uh, especially as the team has, you know, they've struggled to put wins together this past month. Um, no one's no one's really expecting the Canucks to compete for a Stanley Cup this season, but it, it's, you know, if the team's young players are developing and putting up points, it's hard to argue that they're not on the right path. Uh, hopefully, 
that path ends up with a Stanley Cup at some point. Um, but for right now, it's just fun to watch these young players fill the net, you know, night after night and hopefully string some wins together. Uh, another positive from this past week has been the play of Jacob Markstrom. The 28-year-old goaltender struggled in November, appeared to kind of have his number one job taken from him by backup Anders Nielsen. Uh, but with back-to-back wins over the Preds and Blues, it, it looks like Markstrom's confidence is back. He's playing as well now as he was when he started the season. Uh, there are still some Canucks fans who think that Markstrom just doesn't have what it takes to be an NHL, you know, a, a number one NHL goalie, and they may be right. He's had a few seasons to kind of establish himself now, and it's uh, mixed results, I would say. Uh, but I mean, he can hardly you can hardly pin the team's struggles this season solely on Markstrom. He definitely hasn't been uh, hasn't been the problem uh, entirely. Uh, hopefully, though, you know, next year we're sitting here talking about the development of, of rookie goalie Thatcher Demko in the same way we're talking about guys like Pedersen and Besser. But with goalies, you never really know. Coming up uh, in this week's schedule, the Canucks have four games on tap with a back-to-back to end things off uh, on the weekend. Up first, though, the Canucks travel to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets on Tuesday for a 4 p.m. Pacific start. Then they'll travel to Nashville for a Thursday night rematch against the Preds. That's a 5 p.m. start. After that, the team is back home for five games, starting with Saturday's game against the Flyers and Sunday's game against the Oilers. Uh, Both of those games are a 7 p.m. local start. Uh, As for Tuesday's game, the Blue Jackets have been pretty hot and cold this season. So it'll be difficult to predict just what kind of opponent the Canucks face on Tuesday evening. Uh, there's been some chatter amongst Canucks fans that the team should pursue Jackets goalie Sergei Bobrovsky in free agency this upcoming offseason. So, you know, he'll be an interesting player to watch on Tuesday. Uh, personally, I find it hard to believe the Canucks would, would make such a huge commitment to Bobrovsky. He'll be looking at a seven-year contract. Um, and with guys in the pipeline like Demko and, and Michael DiPietro, uh, it's, again, it's I find it difficult to believe they'd make that that kind of commitment to Bobrovsky, but as we've seen almost every offseason since he took over as GM, predicting Jim Benning's offseason moves is, uh, well, let's, let's just say it's not an easy job. Uh, moving on to Thursday's game against Nashville, it, to be honest, it has all the makings of a, a classic trap game for the Canucks. It's uh, you know, the final game on a, on a short road trip, uh, just the two-gamer, but you know, the Preds and especially goalie Pekka Rene will not be happy with their performance against the Canucks from from the previous week. Uh, I suspect they'll put forth a, a much stronger effort this time around. Uh, they're still missing P.K. Subban, superstar defenseman from the back end. Uh, he continues to deal with an injury, but he, he may be nearing a return. So that'll be something to look out for on Thursday night. And then as for the back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday, well, uh, I'll recap those uh, on next week's podcast. But suffice it to say that the Sunday night game, especially against Connor McDavid and the Oilers, will be, will be a, a real good test for the Canucks, especially considering they'll have such limited rest between uh, the Saturday and Sunday game. Up on NuxMisconduct.com this week, we've got all your game threads and recaps, as well as some opinion and analysis from some of our regular contributors. Uh, last week, Trevor Beggs, who you can follow on Twitter at Trev Beggs, did a bit of a deep dive on recently acquired forward Josh Levo, who the Canucks picked up from the Toronto Maple Leafs 
in exchange for Utica Comet sniper Michael Carcone. Uh, the 25-year-old Levo scored in his Canucks debut last week against the Minnesota Wild and has looked, you know, fairly good in his first uh, few games with his new club. Uh, Begsy breaks down Levo's 5-on-5 point production over the past three seasons with the Leafs, and he makes a compelling argument in comparing Levo with injured Canucks forward Sven Berchi. Uh, suffice it to say that if Levo ends up developing into a player like Berchi, this trade is a slam-dunk win for Benning and the Canucks. Uh, Carcone, as intriguing as a player as he might be because of his speed, he just doesn't have as high a potential as Levo has. So it's safe to say this trade is a well-thought-out gamble for the Canucks, and, you know, here's hoping it pays off. But the thing with Levo is the time for him to make an impact is now. Because once Berchi comes back from injury, the logjam of potential top nine forwards on the Canucks roster becomes, well, <laughs> even more logjammed. Uh, if Levo can't prove to head coach Travis Green that he belongs in the lineup in the short term, then chances are he doesn't really fit in the long term either. On the flip side of that transaction, the Canucks actually lost a player to waivers earlier this month with Brendan Leipzig getting claimed by the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Marcus Meyer, who you can follow on Twitter at Marcus underscore Meyer 27, recapped the Leipzig era in Vancouver and argues that Leipzig never really got a chance to show his full potential with the Canucks due to his lack of usage under head coach Travis Green. Uh, Leipzig managed just two goals and five points in 17 games with the Canucks this season, but man, if the guy just had a little more finish and some better luck, he could have easily doubled those totals. As it is, Leipzig is taking his game to Hollywood, and the Canucks are simply moving on. Switching back to Beggs again, at Trev Beggs on Twitter, he wrote up a great piece on Canucks prospect Jet Wu this past week, and takes a look at why the Canucks' second-round pick from this past June's 2018 NHL entry draft was passed over for Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp. In effect, Wu is simply the victim of a numbers game. With top NHL prospects like Evan Bouchard and Noah Dobson ahead of him on the right side, it was always going to be difficult for Wu to crack Canada's roster. Still, it's disappointing to see him not even get a chance at selection camp, especially when you consider the reaction he would have gotten in Vancouver for the games had he cracked the roster. Uh, Begsy asked the question, did Jet Wu get shafted? Which is how I think a lot of Canucks fans feel about things, but the fact is that Wu's absence from selection camp is really more of a curiosity than a travesty. Uh, Canucks fans can at least take solace in the fact that it appears Michael DiPietro will be Canada's uncontested starter, at least to begin the tournament. Well, that's all for us this week on Nux Misconduct. Be sure to follow online and on Twitter at Nux Misconduct. And if you enjoyed this short little podcast, please leave some feedback on iTunes. I'm brand new to this whole broadcasting thing, but uh, I'm looking forward to doing some fun and interesting things the rest of the season, including interviews, deep dives, and potentially answering some of your questions. So again, if you have any ideas or feedback, hit me up on Twitter, at tconnors83, and enjoy the games. Go Canucks, go!